Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Drag Time with Hecklina. Thanks for joining us uh, for episode 28. We're so glad to have you back. And if you're joining us for the first time, welcome to Drag Time. Um, a little bit of a plug for some Christmas stuff that's coming up. Uh, Christmas is not canceled. We are doing the Golden Girls Live, the Christmas episodes. Now, I want to get this clear to everybody. This is not a Zoom script reading. We are actually performing the episodes live over four live streams, December 17th and 20th. And on December 21st, you'll be able to buy the show's video on demand, starring me, Matthew Martin, Darcy Drollinger, a whole lot of times. Go to thegoldengirlslive.com for tickets. Um, and thank you for being a friend. Let me also say thank you so much for the tips for Drag Time. If you like what you hear, you can visit us on Venmo or Cash App, where we are found as Drag Time, or visit our website, www.dragtimewithhecklina.com, for other ways to support us. I'm super excited about today's guest. She is an actress, singer, songwriter, television personality, drag queen, and activist from New York City. In 2017, she was the runner-up on the ninth season of RuPaul's Drag Race. She's a big deal in New York's nightlife scene. I've worked with her in the past when she has uh, come to um, San Francisco. In 2018, she was Broadway's first out trans woman to originate a lead role, debuting in the Go-Go's inspired musical Head Over Heels as Pythio. You might know her as Euphoria from her role on Pose or as Pastor Olivia from God Friended Me or her countless other film and television appearances. And I know Mark is a big fan, too. It is, of course... Peppermint. Hello, Peppermint. How are you? Hi, Aglina. So great to see you or be with you, hear it's, you. <laughs> it's great to be with you, too. I've not seen you since you hosted those GLAAD Awards in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. That was the last time I was in San Francisco, which wasn't that long. It was only exactly a year ago. It just feels like... Well, Forever. obviously, we've we've had we've we've been through World War Five since then. You know, it's just so crazy. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I I I I I also had the pleasure of seeing you uh, when um, when you were doing previews of Head Over Heels in San Francisco, yeah. and that was so amazing. Um, so. Uh, and, and I've worked with you. I worked with you years ago. I don't know if you remember that gig at the Castro Theater. You oh, and Caswell and Lady Miss Yeah, and Amanda and Jackie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, oh, my God. I think Pierre. I yes. Think. Pierre was there, too. <laughs> yes. So, uh, I, so I just want to ask you a little bit about Head Over Heels because I enjoyed it so much. And um, you went on to do it on Broadway. Tell us about – I mean, I know it's it's hard to – uh, you know, to make it a Reader's Digest version, but tell us about your experiences working on Head Over Heels. It was great. Uh, it was my first Broadway show. Mm -hmm. uh, and there was a few things that were historic about it, as you mentioned in the intro. Uh, it was a really queer show. I think the show was a little bit before its time. It probably would have been even though in in uh, the the show first started, when it first started, it was four hours long in workshops. So by the time you saw it in San Francisco, we had cut it down dramatically. And then, of course, we even changed it some more going to Broadway. Uh, and I think a lot of that was just making it really palatable for audiences that weren't quite ready. Mm -hmm. And they still, the audiences weren't quite ready to see a black trans woman, you know, being a shapeshifter and having a, playing a non-binary role. The the character was non-binary of Pythio. Uh, it was really uh, body positive and queer centric. I think, honestly, 
and I've seen a lot of the more recent Broadway stuff before the shutdowns. It was definitely the queerest Broadway produ- musical I've ever seen. And yeah. so, uh, but I think people weren't ready for it. You know, we didn't, we only lasted about a year on Broadway, which is, it is an, an accomplishment, but it's not, you know, it's not the longest. Uh, it's no Hamilton. Let me say that. <laughs> and, yeah, um, yeah. and, but I think had it come after 20 like had it come now or like after 2020 i think it would have been a whole different story that is so funny because you know obviously i live in a bubble where you know my my whole reality is queer theater yeah all of that basically so to me it it there was it it seems so strange that it's too much for people but there you go i mean 80 percent of the population can't even handle you know a black president, let alone yeah. <laughs> just <Hello. laughs> whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I really enjoyed it, and you know, I'm I'm good friends with the Go Go's. You know, Jane Weedlin and Gina Shock. Yeah, I, know, I, yeah. I, I know they were thr- they were thrilled. Did you have any experience running into them while you were working on the show? Oh, absolutely. We the, we were with them several times. I mean, obviously they weren't there every day, but all the big major moments in San Francisco and of course in New York on Broadway at opening, uh, they even played with us on opening night um, on stage, like, you know, played music with them. We had, there was like a little go-go concert afterwards. Oh, that's amazing. And, yeah, that was great. It was epic. We were like on, everyone was just like so high from all of the exuberance and um, excitement. And, and we, Jane was there probably the most, um, frequently we would see her all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just so great to, to become, uh, to just be on a reg- normal kind of everyday speaking basis with these legends. Right. And, um, and so e- the relationships last even after that recently, we did do a zoom, uh, reunion of the, of the original Broadway cast and the go-go's, you know, participated. It was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've run into them a hundred times in the San Francisco airport ever, like since then. Oh, like, really? Then. Yeah. That is so funny. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's so funny. Like there was so, there was a first with you know with the Broadway show, like like you said. But also, I just watched the Gogos documentary, and that was a lot of firsts. You know, they were the first all girl group to have you know that massive success in the eighties, and and also they've also really been um, done wrong by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That you know, they, it's time for them to be inducted. And anyway, that's a whole different story. But uh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I'm really, I'm really grateful I got to see it in San Francisco. I am too. Um, that, that was my favorite uh, production of the show. We were just like a sweet spot where we, I think, we're feeling less pressure. Obviously, San Francisco uh, as the, as a home was very um, open and ex- uh, accepting and supportive, and so it felt like it was more about the just the art of it. And then, of course, the Broadway really did kind of solidify it to sort of the business of it. Not sure. saying that Broadway isn't a, a, a an artistic place, but there, we felt a lot, we made a lot of um, adjustments to the show with the, the constraints of Broadway in mind. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you have to. Sure. I mean, it is big business. You can't deny it. Um, well, shifting gears a little bit. So I went on your Wikipedia page and I I saw that, um, that a girl like me letters to my lovers. Is that your first album? No, no. It's actually my third studio album. Okay. Letters to my lovers is the first. Oh, so it's the first of a trilogy. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the first of a trilogy. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. You want to talk a little bit about a long that? Haul. Yeah, yeah, I would love to. Um, you know, I was in a long story short, while I was in San Francisco, perfect segue, I met someone who uh, I fell in love with and we had a little relationship going. Of course, when I moved back to New York, it became a long distance relationship, but we kept it going uh, for about a year and it was great. It was one of the most, you know, I guess... I really feel like I, I, I you know, hit puberty kind of late with regards to having a boyfriend and all that stuff. I just, you know, wasn't able to really get into my groove until I came out as trans and, and started to kind of live my life through that lens. And, and so this relationship was great, but, you know, obviously it ended, spoiler alert. <laughs> and we, hence there's an album. Um, and we, uh, but it was, it was, it was such a, it, I went through so many emotions and so many feelings. Uh, I put it all in my diary and then long story short, ended up setting that diary to music. And so this, that's this album, this project I can really call. Um, it's, three albums. This is the first of three that just came out recently. Uh, and it, it covers the beginning, the middle and end of the relationship. That's why it's three albums. Oh, and wow. so this one is obviously the beginning, uh, all the sweet stuff. It's basically a nineties R and B sung by a black trans woman. And so those are my favorite things. <laughs> and, um, now do you drag your lover through the garden like Taylor Swift? <laughs> well, or... you're not- well, no, not 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 in any videos. I'll say okay. that he, I don't even know okay. if I don't even know if he knows about the album. He'll have to buy a copy if he's going to listen to it. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was very. I can't. I can't. Again, it was one of the best relationships I'd ever had up until that point, and. Um, and it's I, that was a personal kind of thing for me to to put out there in the past. I'm used to singing about you know um, you know you know putting dollars in my titty and you know working the runway and those are the songs that I've had out in the past. But this time I really wanted to do it a little differently, take a different approach. It's um, very personal, but I wanted to I wanted the opportunity. I think it was worth it for me to do that so that I could show other people, not only trans people. Uh, but also people who aren't trans, that trans people are just as worthy of being loved and being in relationships and shouldn't be kept secret, which sounds like a no-brainer. But oddly enough, in many of the relationships that either I've been in or I've talked to my friends about, if they're trans, the the partners of us are um, wanting to keep it a secret, not really telling their friends and family, not really showing people that they're proud of us. And I think that really does connect to the this being the deadliest year on record for transgender people. Uh, more than 40 now of us have been killed. Last year was like 36, 30 something. And wow. so, you know, I think it's important to talk about. I think that's so, I mean, well, again, I guess it just speaks to me being in this bubble because um, that seems to be so such an old fashioned mentality. Like when you look at shows like Pose that are based in the 80s and people were keeping their trans uh, lovers, you know, keep, they weren't they were ashamed to talk about that. It, it's, it's just crazy to think that that still exists. But I guess there you go, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So so. This is the first of three, and uh, it's, it seems like the project was put a little bit on hold because of uh, the pandemic. 
Oh yes, ma'am. It was. It was yes. really. I mean, like the whole world kind of stopped. It was of course, yeah. And I was like, I ain't putting out no records right now. I just was not into mm-hmm. it. And we were supposed to go on tour. Like it was supposed to release in the spring, and then oh, go on right. tour. We had our first. Uh, we had all the tour dates set, and we were just about to announce. And then, of course, the pandemic hit in March, and right. so. We didn't, um, and I waited, and I actually re-recorded some stuff. Uh, we took a little more time with the album since we had it, um, and now it's out for the world. Mm. Oh, wow. Okay, and where can people find it? Everywhere that music is streaming, please go get yourself a copy. And if anyone really loves it, I don't know when people will hear this, but they have until December 16th, which is not that long from now, to um, to pick up a vinyl copy. We're on pre-sale for vinyl copies right now. They're special, um, special edition, limited edition vinyl copies. Peppermint, tell us about Drag at the Holiday, a holiday drag extravaganza with the American Pops Orchestra. So this is airing December 19th. Was this recorded this was recorded during the pandemic uh so you have been up to stuff tell tell me about this experience yes it's the first thing that i was involved in uh during the pandemic like on a main major level first live performance uh and my good girlfriend alexis michelle invited myself and laguna blue and juju b from drag race to uh to perform with the american pops orchestra uh in their holiday concert and they've had an annual holiday concert which is also a fundraiser but this one was obviously going to be very different virtual pre-taped uh it probably would have just been a live concert uh and they i mean i'm just so in awe of them. They've been, uh, you know, they're located in DC and they've, uh, you know, played, they play at the Kennedy Center. And so to be invited to sing with them was just uh, a wonderful experience. And so we spent a couple of days taping the concert with them, which airs, as you said, on December 19th. Um, And tickets are available on Eventbrite. Uh, And they can just go to drag out the holiday to, to, to find tickets. Um, and you're singing some old holiday chestnuts. Is that true? You're <laughs> I'm, I'm singing, uh, I'm crooning and roasting chestnuts. <laughs> okay. Are you, are you singing that song chestnuts roasting or what? what I mean, no, I'm, I'm not singing chestnuts roasting. Mm-hmm. I think one of the girls do sing, uh-huh. uh, that's roasting. I'm singing, uh, the old seventies Donny Hathaway classic, uh, this Christmas. And then we have a couple of groups. Um, there's a extravaganza, uh, where we all sing together. I sing a few songs in it, but that's one of the highlights for me. And then, um, of course we have some new songs and some classics. Um, uh, I think deck the halls and we need a little Christmas. And I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. It's all your favorite, uh, songs, Sung by hopefully some of your favorite queens. <laughs> well, uh, we do need a little bit, little Christmas, and you know, uh, you can go to drag out the holiday on Eventbrite for that. Are you? I mean, it's, it's weird. I, I think people, of course, are uh, are even going to be more socially isolated during the holidays. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to go into the details, but we are kind of going into another lockdown, sort of. But yeah, um, I'm going all out at at, at home. For Christmas, I'm, de- I'm decorating the tree. What are you? What are you doing? Are you decorating or? Honey, I never decorate my damn apartment ever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? 
I'm getting a tree and I got a real tree. I'm sitting here looking at it right now. It's still bound up. I I look I just got it last night. I I carried it here. It was so heavy. I just stopped for like four four times for a break. People thought I was crazy. And I was trying to carry this tree. Put it up and everything's good. I haven't like opened it yet. It's still like bound with its little string. Mm-hmm. Um and today I went and got direct um decorations for the tree. I'm only going to decorate the tree. I got lights and I got all the, Mm. I I had nothing. I don't have, like, I I remember as a kid, my mom would, we would, like most households probably, save all the Christmas decorations for the tree. And then every year we'd make something new for the tree. And I just realized how really nice of a um, tradition that is. Because every year, like, I have had a tree in the past. And every year I literally, I don't even take, this is probably not, the good for the <laughs> environment, but I just take the whole tree and throw, throw it away. <laughs> I'm like, why undecorated? I'm throwing everything out. And wow. So- that's kind of <laughs> that's yeah. Really that's really kind of a, that's a kind of a Scrooge move. Well, but, it's um, also it's also kind of a metaphor. You know, just throw everything yeah. out. Yeah, get yeah. it out of here. So I don't know what's going to happen. I think I'll be a little bit more environmentally conscious this year. But mm-hmm. um, that being said, I just didn't have anything, so I had to. Every time I consider doing the holidays, it's always daunting because I'm like, uh, I got to get the tree, the decorations, the this, the plug, the tree stand, like everything. And but this year I was like, you know what? If I'm going to be in lockdown again, shut in, I and I live alone, I can't be sitting here looking at a blank wall. I need yeah. to put up. <laughs> make it make it as fast yeah absolutely i know it sounds corny especially me i'm a jaded old cunt you know but yeah. i am but I, don't agree that quickly <laughs> i know i shouldn't have agreed <laughs> <laughs> you beat me to it <laughs> you took right. the words right out of my mouth exactly exactly well uh, shifting gears a little bit um speaking of you know I, I i stopped right before drama started between the two of us because i have uh, some questions from mark's high school drama club would you be would be interested in uh, answering this question from the drama club absolutely wonderful like awesome so this is um this is a question from members of my now adult uh high school drama club um so this is our friend casey goldsby no children present i think this might be in reference to um some youtube conversations some live live streaming that you've done with bob um so here's a question from casey for you peppermint are there any talks for you and bob the drag queen to have your own show because i love the conversations that you all have and the subjects that you all tackle wow i love that question thank you casey um casey first of all i think you should ask bob for sure as well Uh, i know we both would be happy to do it we're we're never not connected bob and i we talk almost every day so that as much sense as that makes, it's just been our busy schedules that have kept us from from doing something regular. Uh, but we do special things all the time. There's a couple things that have yet to come out, yet to be released. Um, and yeah, we will certainly um, do more. We we have a, an organization now, an event turned organization that was also started in the wake of everything that was happening this summer called Black Queer Town Hall. And we're gearing up for another event that's going to take place in January, which is uh, focused on Black queer scientists. 
costs, which is, you know, probably not something that people think about, but we really wanted to, 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 um, facilitate conversations around queerness and blackness that were celebratory rather than tragic and, you know, especially given everything that we've seen in 2020, uh, we wanted to kind of have a place for people to celebrate. And Casey, maybe you've seen the Black Queer Town Hall that we had the first time. The very first event was for Pride in New York. And we had uh, the the fabulous Dr. Angela Davis was our uh, keynote speaker. We had other celebrities and performances. It was wonderful. And so we're kind, we've kind of kept up that energy. We just did an initiative for, uh, for Get Out the Vote, uh, which um, focused on Pennsylvania. Uh, little did we know we'd all be turning our t- attention so quickly to Georgia. But uh, there was a moment in time when, when Pennsylvania was like the 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 girl at the dance that everybody wanted to dance with, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and I'm from Pennsylvania, and so that's uh, why we we decided to focus on PA, um, and so yeah, we will be definitely having more conversations. Bob and I are friends for, life, friends for life. Awesome, thank you. And so, folks who are curious, you can find Black Queer Town Hall on YouTube, and I expect that you'll probably find a conversation about Black queer scientists in January there as well. Absolutely. Thank you. So I have one more question. This one's not from my high school drama club. This is some, uh, well, we'll just call it, we'll call her a VIP. Let, here it is. Hi, Peppermint. It's misunderstood. Oh my God. For those who don't know, I run Screaming Queens Entertainment. We send drag performers out to all kinds of parties and events. Now, sometimes these are chic urban functions like museum openings or fashion week galas. But they can also be, well, places that no drag queen has ever gone before. Suburban country clubs, straight-laced office parties, grandma's birthday, sweet 16s, even bat mitzvahs. Before Peppermint achieved an international profile because of Drag Race, Broadway, etc., she was one of our star performers. Peppermint, do you have any crazy stories from these events? Any ridiculous situations we got you in? People think drag queens are the wacky, crazy people, but sometimes these straight-laced clients can be really nuts. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. That's my good friend, Misunderstood. Um, Yeah, we – I did a gig. I probably shouldn't say this, but I did a gig with Misunderstood where – the we it was like a birthday party and the person who was in the celebrity the person whose birthday it was was also the one who was in charge you know the event coordinator paying everybody and she got so wasted and drunk and a fight broke out and started vomiting it was like this weird like oh. gremlin oh. <laughs> it was like gremlin take over the party <laughs> I'm sorry, but if you vomit at your own birthday party, that costs extra. Exactly. It was so crazy. And glasses were breaking. I'll never forget. Like, I was like, should we leave? Because it's not safe. And I called (laughs) Misunderstood. And of course, you know, the woman, I don't know whatever happened to that woman, but Misunderstood made sure that we got paid on time. um, And it was a wonderful um, job to work for. Uh, But I just, I remember thinking, what in gay hell am I doing you know, like, I'm just here to lip sync a song. Can I just get out of here? Um, 
but but I've done a lot with with uh, misunderstood and screaming queens. As a matter of fact, one of the f- the first time I ever met Belinda Carlisle before the uh, before Head Over Heels on Broadway was at an, an event for Screaming Queens, and we were in Maine doing the entertainment for this um, festival that they have on. The, on the annual and Belinda Carlisle was the, the main guest or the main entertainer, the headliner. And we were, you know, not the headliners, but we were there entertaining. And so she um, had us, she basically hired us to be meet myself and the other Queens to be her backup and sing in place of the Go-Go's. I guess they couldn't afford the whole Go-Go's band. Oh. <laughs> uh, and they Great. hired me, the other drag queen, <laughs> to sing backup for her uh, during her whole concert. And so that was our first time meeting. That was back in 2012. Um, yeah, some good times. I'll, I'll bet the other Go-Go's were not happy about that. Anyway. I know, right? <laughs> you want me to put on this wig and act like Gina Shock? What? <laughs> <laughs> Well, so what other projects do you have going on that you want to tell us about? Well, I have a weekly show. Uh, it's called Pep Talks, and it's a video um, extravaganza. It's basically an, an interview where I invite my celebrity guests to come on and talk about uh, all things drama-related, um, makeup, but most most importantly, um Black cinema. It's called Black Movie Classics, and it's um, a chance for people to really engage and indulge in um, conversations about Black cinema. Because I think there's a, a big chunk of time or a big part of um, cinema that a lot of people just in this country have missed. There's some really great movies that are um, created by, made by Black creators or Black directors and Black casts that didn't, wasn't always on people's radar. And I think, again, post-2020, I think we have a different sort of sensibility. And I think people are, in, in my experience, a little bit more open to diving into Black history and the contributions to art in a way outside of like Black History Month, um, in a way that they might not have done before. And so I have a weekly show dedicated to that. It's called Black Movie Classics. Um, and I'd love to have you on as a guest. I would uh, love we, to. We watch a movie and then talk about how relevant it is or how stupid it is or how crazy or funny or whatever it is. And I would then love we, to. Yeah. And so that's every week on Tuesdays on my Twitch channel. Um, it's that. No, well, we're changing the time. Tuesday evenings on Twitch. It's on my social media. What? Uh, give me an example of some. So, so I, I know like some modern uh, black uh, classics, but give me an example of some some older uh, black classics. Well, I mean, you know, they can be as reverent as um, you know, <laughs> uh, a raisin in the sun, or as irreverent. I don't know. <laughs> As, yes. uh, as um, Blackula, right? Oh, wow, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Going back in time. But then all the, the hit movies, of course, you know, the, the, I think the, the, the 90s really brought about a new sort of era in Black cinema. Movies like Friday and Boys in the Hood, a lot of those like, um, you know, urban life movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, watched how Stella got her groove back recently and, mm-hmm. and Sister Act. And so, um, you know, or Sister Act 2, rather. Uh, and so, you know, we we bounce all around. Um, and so it can be as serious as 12 Years a Slave or as funny as something like Friday, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, what about White Chicks? White Chicks. Now, is it, it is a Black movie. Yes. <laughs> 
but it it probably it I don't know if it would have um I think I need to save that for season two because <laughs> we, <laughs> I can't have the first movie on black movie classics be white chicks. Of course not. Of course. Make it so plain. Yeah, it's so plain. That's on our list. That's our, maybe I'll watch that with you. I'll, uh, yeah. I'll, we'll connect right after this. And if you want to do Soul Plane, we can do Soul Plane. I also remember, I remember when I was a kid, too, there was a movie called Cooley High. Do you remember that? Oh, Cooley High. Of course I remember Cooley High. Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, yeah, Cochise and all that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, that, that is a an absolute classic. Of course, I, I um, came across it uh, in the 90s when uh, Boys Boys to Men, the singing group, uh, came out. Their, their album was called Cooley High Harmony. And that's what, you know, um, sort of opened my eyes to Cooley High. And I went, I, I was fascinated with everything, you know, from the 70s and on. And so my mom played it. It was one of her favorites. And of course, I remember Cooley High. Wow. Well, there's, uh, yeah, there's, um, there's a lot to, I, I would love to come on and, uh, and be a guest. That sounds wonderful. I'd love to well, you. Ms. Peppermint, I cannot thank you enough for joining us today on Drag Time with Heclina. I am so uh, excited to have been on. I've been listening. And then after I listened to, um, your uh, interview with Floyd. I was like, let me, let me, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> get on this show. <laughs> oh, I know. That is actually our most legendary episode for some I reason. Mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've listened to almost all of them, but that was, uh, it was, it was a deep episode. <laughs> yeah. It was a, it was a deep cut. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it was a deep cut. <laughs> all right. So we've talked about your Twitch channel. Uh, where else, uh, where should people find and connect with you? Uh, what what are your socials? Yes, everybody can find me on my socials at Peppermint247, everywhere, pretty much everywhere. And you can find out all the information about Pep Talks and, of course, my new album, A Girl Like Me. Uh, grab the, the the vinyl if you like it, which ends tomorrow. Vinyl sales ends tomorrow. Um, and, yeah, keep your eyes peeled out for that American Pops uh, concert drag out. The holidays, that's not on my channel, but I'll be posting about it on my social media. All right. Well, we hope you have a wonderful holiday season, Peppermint. Nobody deserves a jolly Christmas like you do, honey. And I hate to think of you. I hate to think of you all alone with your tree, but I guarantee you, I guarantee you 2021 will be a lot more festive. I just know it will. I know um, it will. Yeah. Well, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Hecklina. All I want for the holidays is for you to subscribe to the show, like us, rate us, and please tell anybody you can about Drag Time Heck with Hecklina. Finally, once again, thank you, Peppermint, for coming on today. All right, honey. Have a great holiday season. Always keep me waiting <laughs> You never come on time Text me every minute <laughs> And then you don't reply No money And mm, you ain't got no place You're always undercover 
Just true. You got the 